another episode of Dr. Me First. It's your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Aaron Wiseman. And I'm just super pumped that you're here with me on another episode of the Dr. Me First podcast. I am really loving this favorite series. So if you didn't catch the first one with Dr. Laura Seiler, go back and listen when we talk about our favorite podcasts. It's so fun. And since we've done that episode, I thought of a few more I needed to add. But the recording's done, so we'll leave it. But today, I'm talking to another one of my favorite people. This is Dr. Laurel Fick. You know those people that you just need to shoot the shit with? That is Laurel. And I am so glad to call her friend and colleague and confidant and all of the above. And today, we're just shooting the shit on our favorite foods and stuff we do in the kitchen. So, just lay back, have some fun, answer the questions with us, and I hope it brings a smile to your face. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the Favorites Podcast, Dr. <laughs> Laurel Fick. So One glad to fa- have you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, everybody, we are doing my, I'm doing this podcast with my favorite people about our favorite things. Yum. Yes. And so we have already talked beforehand, and I think we're going to start with food, because yeah. who doesn't love food? Everybody loves food. So what's your favorite snack? Oh, boy. Okay. I'm going to go with peanut butter, and here's why. Okay. My, my five-year-old has a peanut allergy, and so I don't get to keep peanut butter at home. And I'm a big peanut butter fan. Like, pregnant with her, I eat tons of peanut butter. So I keep a jar at, at work, and I'll just go in and grab a spoon. And I get a spoon of peanut butter, meh, definitely a few times a week. Um, but I'll sneak peanut butter whenever it's convenient to do so. I love it. It feels like forbidden fruit, you know? It's like, do you, have do the- you sit with the, cause this is what I do. My thing with peanut butter, I like to get a scoop and then yeah. I dip it in a bag of chocolate chips and like, so it gets all sticky and it sticks the chips. And then I just like sit there like an ice cream and just bite it off. So good. I have not done that, but I've done something similar. I used to take a spoonful of peanut butter, put chocolate chips and oatmeal in it and sort of make this like spoonful of homemade granola, which nice. is ridiculous. That was my med school treat. I love that though. It's good. It's good. Yeah. So my favorite snack right now are apple pie lar bars. For some reason, uh, I cannot find them in my area here in Southern Indiana. So I have to buy them in bulk from Amazon. And when they come in, I seriously will like sit and eat two or three of them, but they are so good because ugh, I just, I love them. So those are my favorites right now. Well, if we're going to talk about binge snacks, I think I have to go with Thin mints. Like I can take down an entire box of thin mints in one sitting. Like I can't keep them. I might just have to, they have to go away. My husband, when thin mint season comes in with Girl Scout cookies, he makes this amazing like grasshopper cheesecake using thin mints as the crust. It's to die for. probably delicious, but then you lose like the, one of the things about thin mints is the texture for me. Like I love, it's like light and airy, but just delicious. Do you still get that same sense? I think you do. All right. Have me down next time. I was going to say Christmas. We'll have to, we'll make you (laughs) want to have to FedEx it to you. Well, we didn't do your intro because we jumped right into food, but tell all my listeners a little bit about yourself, how we met, why we're BFFs. 
Yeah, so we met at the firm conference, uh, which is the Finding Inspiration, Resiliency, and Medicine conference that IU School of Medicine, Indiana University School of Medicine, and Marion University College of Osteopathic Medicine jointly put on every year. This year, they're going to be actually hosting it up at St. Vincent, um, where I work in Indianapolis. We met there randomly. I actually didn't know you at all, um, and you listened to my keynote address. And then afterwards you, oh, actually the, we met the night before briefly at dinner when I think I thought you were a med student because you. Um, yeah, you definitely <laughs> thought I was a med student. Yeah. I was like, oh, and are you a medical student? You're like, no, you're like, I'm a boss. And I'm like, oh, sorry. Sorry about that. Um, I didn't know you look very young. It's a compliment. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. But then the next day, then we, we chit chatted some more after, um, after my talk and then I watched your talk and then we we're like, I think we're soulmates. Yeah. We've kind of been friends ever since then. Absolutely. And it's been fun to have what I would consider like as local as we can get, you know, yeah. to talk and that sort of thing. Yeah. So you're St. Vincent, you're a bomb ass internal medicine gal. You teach residents, you are yep. doing amazing things in wellness. You have a great Instagram account, which I'll put on the show notes so everybody can go follow it. And just an all around amazing person. So I appreciate you being here talking about favorites. Yeah, I think this is a great idea for a talk today. Yeah. And jazz. So jumping off of the favorite snacks, let's go to like the favorite go-to dinner. So I'll, I'll brag on my husband here because he's an amazing cook. Um, he loves to, I mean, he's great at grilling and the normal things, but he's also really great at smoking things. He has this fancy kick-ass smoker and um, makes incredible ribs and briskets and things like that. Um, our our favorite really just go-to meal is his grilled salmon. Um, and the girls always want it with couscous. The, the typical, the typical go-to here would be um, grilled king salmon, couscous, and asparagus. That's a, a Fick family favorite. Fick it's my girl's fave. favorite dinner too. Yeah. Nice. So Wiseman weekday favorite go-to. I don't even know. Of course they like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, which I, I try to like spice those up I gave them like wheat bread instead of white bread the other day and you you thought that I was like strangling them it was hilarious but let's see our go-to's around well I know my go-to dinner I love a wedge salad like when you get a nice like head yeah. of lettuce and you just make it in quarters and then that real good blue cheese and some dressing and you make it yourself at home or do you just get it when you go out I get it when I go out but it's super easy to make it home too like you literally just like hack a head of lettuce you throw the stuff on top of it and it's ready I don't think we've ever done a wedge at home but it's kind of ridiculous it is so easy but it seems like kind of a like a special treat you know like oh you're going to dinner get the wedge <laughs> <laughs> go up, so up, true wedge. you know because they get the real chunky blue cheese and I could go through the effort of buying like the blue cheese dressing and then putting extra blue cheese in that but let's let's get real it's here's the thing to- I buy the blue cheese like in the packet at the store the shit's yeah. already moldy, so it can sit in the refrigerator forever. I, I mean, I think I probably still have some. So I'm like, ah, I'm not too worried about it, like, being in there forever. So, yeah, that's... Right, here's, here's a blow-your-mind salad. Have you ever had a grilled Caesar salad? No. You can grill the lettuce, grill the romaine, so it's, it's kind of warm. And then you're taking notes. I can see you. I am you're taking like, notes. I'm fully totally taking notes. Yeah. I, like, you, Pinterest this afterwards. You can make a grilled Caesar salad. You don't put the chicken stuff on until after it's, you know, off the grill, obviously. Yeah, but yeah, but it like kind of brings the flavors forward. Yeah, it's kind of warm and it kind of gets like the crispy burnt edges to it. It's really good. So here's we a do- question for you. 
Yeah. Do you have one of those salad spinners? Like after you wash your leaves and then you like spin have, it? I do. It's not a fancy one. I think it was like on clearance rack at Target. So it's not the best one, but it does work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to have one. My kids broke it because they thought it was really cool. So you want to know what I do now? Like I put it in the, the strainer and then I yeah. put like paper towel on top of it and I take it outside and I like shake it. And that's how I do it now because I'm too cheap to buy another spinner. Just buy a spinner. I know. I know I should. But every time I do it, I think about it when I'm getting like lettuce juice all over myself. Isn't that weird though? Like, you know, we're not impoverished people, but there are probably certain things that like, I'm just not going to spend money on buying a salad spinner, but I'm definitely going to buy three pounds, three boxes of those Lars bars or whatever you were just talking about. Exactly. Exactly. Salads are cheaper than one box of Lars bars. I know. You know? Just but don't yourself. you think that like comes back to like all about like mindset and kind of where we are oh, at yeah. times, like just like values and looking at things? Oh, of course. And our upbringings, right? Like come up from a very, you know, modest upbringing. There's still like vestiges of that around. So I was talking with my in-laws this past weekend about, you know, what's like your low, your lowbrow food that's just delicious. And my father-in-law who's has done very well in the business world, et cetera. And he's like, you know, the best tasting food in the world is a Whopper. <laughs> I was like, this is a guy who's, you know, eaten things all over the world and like appreciates really good food. He's like, but the best tasting food is just a Whopper. It just is. And I'm like, I get that. Yeah. The familiarity, that goodness, a Whopper. See, I personally like Wendy's burgers better than Burger King, but. For a fast food burger. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had a Dairy Queen burger? I have. Those are good too. Yeah. People don't get, actually in Culver's, there are some good, there are a few good, but you know, then again, like my husband makes the best burgers. Like I have, I, I have, I cannot find a burger at a restaurant that's better than his burgers. So we, we cook a lot because we like to cook, but also because the food's better. Yeah. No, here he's, so if we're going off of favorite burgers now, mine is actually a sausage burger that I get from the grocery store and then take it home and grill it, slow grill it. And it's like a combination of pork and beef, but they somehow season it really, really well. I haven't been able to find them in the last couple of weeks, but that's my favorite like go-to burger, home-cooked burger. I like this idea of burgers. And I want to talk about burgers for a second. So, you know, burgers are trendy, right? So we were naming just burger places in Indianapolis recently. And there are so many places that are like, you know, burger house, brew burger. And we should probably mention that we are not endorsing any of the people that we're talking about on this podcast, right? No, we're totally like, not. This is totally It would be awesome. It'd be awesome to get some kickbacks from this, but we're not. So, Oh, um, if they want to contact me and sponsor the Dr. Me First podcast, bring it. Yeah, I will sign any great. contract hey. any time of day. Brew Burger, are you listening? No, right. There's like all these kitschy little burger places, but I think that they're getting too fancy. You go there and it has so many toppings and weirdness. And I like the combination of flavors, but it doesn't taste like a burger anymore. When I want a burger, which is not frequently like I could probably really be vegetarian but once in a while I want a really good burger but I don't want a bunch of craziness on it I think it really comes down to like the, the actual quality of the burger like when you 100%. eat into it and yep. is it dry is it juicy does it fall apart or is it well packed and the does thing is too like I was meat? watching the great British baking show no it was million million pound investment or something on Netflix. And they're talking about like, there's a, a specific time when you add salt to your burger so oh. that if you add it too early, it dries it out. If you add it too late, then it doesn't like penetrate the meat. So I think you're right. I think there's an art to like the greatest burger. Oh, of course there is. And it has to have the right like fat to lean meat ratio. You know, you can't get too skinny meat on your burger. It's going to be dry. Yeah, absolutely. It's a science. Yep. 
So that was a good burgers are good. I love my burgers, avocado and bacon. Oh, those are good. Yeah. I'm a classic like American burger eater. I'll sometimes go a little trendy and get like barbecue sauce or, you know, when they put like those crispy onions on or avocado and bacon, but I like a good lettuce, tomato, onion, pickle, burger, ketchup, mayo. I'm not a mustard fan. Ketchup and mayo. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I'm plus minus cheese. Like sometimes I'll get it. Sometimes I won't. What kind of cheese? Mm, That's where I kind of like getting fancy. Like, of course, American is super good. Maybe cheddar. I like Kobe Jack. If I'm feeling spicy, yeah. get something with some jalapeno in it. But my husband is a strictly no cheese on his burger person. Really? I'm like, that's not American. But it's just how he lives his life, I guess. Does he like cheese in other ways? Mm, hit or, or miss. Anti-cheese. I don't think he's anti-cheese. He just doesn't like it on his burgers and like sandwiches. You want to know something weird about food? My mom doesn't like cold cheese, but she'll eat cheese melted on anything. So is it just like the temperature? I don't know. Huh. Like cheese melted is great. Cold cheese, it's a no-go. That's interesting. I bet she's got some kind of backstory with this. You know, like some deeply seated childhood memory. Probably. I'll have to ask her. You'll have to dig. Take me back to your Okay, let's go back to um, favorite kitchen utensil. Like, what is it that when you get to get it out, you're like, yes, this is amazing. Ooh, I have a new espresso machine. Mm. And I'm not like espresso where you, like you put in pods or something. Like this is actually like, grinds the beans. It, like it's like the industrial version espresso machine. I love that. And it can do way fancier it. things. Um, I mean, when I'm, if I, if I have to get to the hospital early, I don't, I just get coffee at the hospital, but every other day I use it here. And I don't go crazy. I don't like make a latte or something every day. I'd like an Americano or just espresso, but I love that. And then, um, you know, the food processor is a great tool. My only problem with the food processor is I think it's kind of a beast to clean it. Oh, and the immersion blender. Love the immersion blender. You? Me? I have this combo apple core slicer and peeler that you put the apple on. Yeah, you crank it. I love getting that thing out. So like right now in the fall, this is my favorite time to just go buy like a whole peck of apples and we like dehydrate them and I make pies and like we'll just eat. Uh, Maybe I'll like put them and boil them with like some sugar and cinnamon and like boil them down. Then we put them on ice cream. Like I love getting that little apple thing out and just going to town with it and doing it. So that's one of my favorites. The other thing I really like is I have this really fun garlic press. And like a lot of times I, I buy the like minced garlic that's already like in the oil yeah. so then I can just throw it in and go. But I really like it when I get fresh garlic. So my dad is a produce farmer. And so one of his big crops is garlic. So when he gives me like a whole pound of fresh garlic and I like get it out and actually like use my garlic press and make my own minced garlic, it's one of my favorite things. It's so easy. Just pop them in there and crunch it and go. So it's one that gets me super excited. And then actually I've been trying to make bread lately, again, going off of my Netflix binging of the great British baking show. And so I've been trying all these different types of like yeast bread and like sourdough bread and all these different things, which all of them have been flopped so far besides I made some bomb ass cinnamon rolls, but I have a um, pastry board that I use and I really like my pastry board. Wow. Yours were way more earthy than mine. Mine were all electronic gadgets. I just don't have a lot of those now. I don't know. I just don't. An Instapot? Yeah. No, I don't have one. I've thought about getting one. 
you know, I'm, everybody raves about the Instant Pot. It's okay. I don't think it saves me any time. I'm getting ready to write an article that's called, Don't Buy a Female Physician a Crock-Pot. And it's like going to talk about how we don't work six, eight hour jobs. So don't get us a crock pot because by the time we get home, it's going to be crispy and dry and and like terrible. Going off the whole nuance of like, I felt like when I first started my job and like motherhood and everything, like everybody tried to give me all these gadgets so that I could like be the perfect mom and like help and like, and, and really what I would have loved for them to do is be like, hey, let me come pick up your kids so you can get you all your notes done one night. Right, right. And so that's going to be my article about like, don't buy us crock pots. We don't want them. That's a great point because all the recipes are like four to six hours. I'm like, I'm never, I'm never around to start it at, you know, noon. That doesn't exist. No, it doesn't exist. And then by the time you get home, like it's burned to a crisp or all the juice is gone and it's disgusting. Yep. So I can see the appeal of the Instapot, how, how quickly it does stuff too, but. No, I don't have an Instapot yet, but if we have some listeners out there who love their Instapot, I would love to hear why I should get an Instapot, because I'm just not convinced yet. No, I wouldn't do it. I don't like mine. Oh, you I do have I, one? I have one. I just don't really use it very much. And the times I make it, like I can make this, there's this awesome like black bean soup with avocado salsa, which is delicious. And they're like, oh, you can make you know, black bean soup from raw, you know, hard dry beans in 90 minutes. And I'm like, that's great. But then it takes me 90 minutes to make dinner, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. But it's really good. So I don't know. Um, favorite, ooh, favorite dessert. My favorite dessert always involves something very chocolatey. So yeah. like one of those like little lava cakes that has the mm-hmm. bubbly and the the good melted chocolate with ice cream. I'm definitely always a brownie fan. Warm, fresh chocolate chip cookies. Chocolate chip cookies. Absolutely. Like if it's between like a sugar cookie, an oatmeal cookie and a chocolate cookie, I always go for the chocolate cookie first. And then my next would be the oatmeal, oatmeal raisin. Really? Number Mm -hmm. two, oatmeal raisin. I just don't like sugar cookies. I just, they're so boring. Peanut butter. If it had chocolate in it. Like the peanut butter ones with the Hershey's Kiss in it? Yeah, absolutely. What's your favorite dessert? I'm probably with you. I'm a chocolate fan. Like a, ch- a gooey chocolate lava cake. I mean, that's... that's Like that's the bomb. I, I, yeah, I don't think you can really get better than I that. do. T- I will add a second place is like a really good lemon cake from like an Italian place. Like with the cream and the... It wouldn't be number two for me though. Mm, I love that too like the richness of lemon, that would be my number two. You know, if I don't have a chocolate option, I'm really satisfied with a fruity type of dessert of some sort. Mm -hmm. But if there's chocolate, I'm going to always go chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Hence why I keep chocolate chips in my house. Just because like after dinner, I'm like, who wants some dessert? And I ever sprinkle out some chocolate chips for everybody. That's brilliant. Yeah. Why not? Why not? (laughs) All right. Here's another favorite. Um, Favorite dinner time conversations. Do you guys have any like go to like ask about with your family, like when you guys actually all sit down together and eat? Yeah, um, we have a couple. One is um, sometimes we'll play this game called Good News, Bad News. And so um, we have to go around the table and say one good news and one bad news from our day. And the, you know, the, the idea is that, you know, we've got good things that happen and bad things that happen, but overall, we're still a good day, you know, looking for the positive things. 
and a chance just to connect and and my kids are young they're five and seven and just kind of remind them that um, that we're a safe place to talk about the good and the bad um, the other one is that they're really right now interested in hearing um, about our childhood like what we ate and like where we went to school and what our experience was like so I think we're at that like stage of parenthood where the kids are really into that and then pretty soon we'll get into the part where the kids get annoyed that the parents are talking about well when I was a kid you know we're kind of right on the cusp of that I love it I don't have any like formalized stuff like that but my favorite dinner time conversation so most of the time we have a dining room table but most of the time we eat at our kitchen bar because it's pretty long you can sit six people at the bar yeah and I love where we'll do like popcorn and you have because all of my children are talkers I literally set my watch and I'm like okay you have 10 seconds to tell me something about your day and then they'll <laughs> I'll stop and then I'll popcorn to the next one and to the next one and to the next one and it's fun to hear about that and and then of course then we start lengthening out the time and talking more about what our days have been and so that's the biggest thing and then I try to catch my husband. So right now I'm a farm widow because, you know, we're harvesting here in Indiana. But when I actually do get to sit down with my husband, like it, when it rained the other day and just be like, what's new in your life? Cause sometimes I feel like it's so much like the passing and going to actually have like a real adult conversation with him again. We were able, it was last week when it was raining, go out to lunch, just like at a local like wings and bar place and, and just sit and have food and be like, where do you think you're at in your journey? And so that was kind of a cool question to kind of compare and and see on that. So it's always an, I've been trying to be more mindful about like conversations in our household because it it can get so easy to just be like, throw food out, eat it as fast as you can, move on to the next thing. Absolutely. And I think, I think it gets to, um, you know, the quantity versus quality of time. So what, there's like some study out that like the children of working mothers, go on to be more successful in, in some way that success is defined. We were just making more money or having a higher, whatever it was. I don't know. But it made me really think about that, that we all, at least as physician moms, we don't always have as much time with our children as, as we may have had growing up with our own mothers. You know, my mom was a school teacher. We were, she was home in the summers, home on holidays, home on weekends, et cetera. So I was with her way more time, but I'm trying to make the time that I have such higher quality I don't always succeed because of the realities of grab your dance shoes. We're off. We're late. Grab the EpiPens. You know, we got to go do whatever and, and this and that. Um, but trying to actually find a lot of meaning in that time. And we accomplish that a lot through vacation too. Like so when we're on, we travel, we, we take a lot of trips and that's the reason. Every day is so busy that like, that's our time to connect. Mm-hmm. And just slow down. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Well, Laurel, you're one of my favorite people, and I'm so glad that we've got to talk about our favorite things. Anything else you think our listeners need to know from you? Well, since I'm a wealth of vast and incredible information, um, it's hard for me to narrow it down. Here's one thing. Um, For anybody who is not into reading books, I, I think that there is a lot of good information, a lot of great books out there that people should be reading in medicine. They may not have to do with medicine, but can really carry over and bring a lot of success into their world. So I would encourage people to step out of their comfort zone and pick some books and some topics that they wouldn't normally grab and just develop themselves personally. Yeah. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah. It's good to see you.
so much, Dr. Laurel Fick, for coming and doing this crazy idea and hanging out with me and talking about our second favorite F-words. You're just a bomb, and I appreciate you so much. So let's do a quick, quick kick of encouragement. I feel like I'm Dr. Seuss right now. (laughs) Anyway, I want to talk about connection because that's really what this favorites podcast is all about. I was sitting in my office editing podcasts and I was like, you know what? I want to talk to my people. And so I invited a whole bunch of them to do this series with me because connection is so important. And And now, especially more than ever, when studies are coming out and saying that Americans in the world are feeling like they are less connected and that actually people report they feel like they have less friends than people of decades ago. And so I just want to emphasize to you, you need connection in your life, be it going to bridge club, to church, other activities, play dates with kids, movie night, whatever. You need connection with other human beings for which you don't take care of, wipe their noses, or pay the bills with. You need connections beyond just your intimate relationships because plutonic and friendships are so important. They foster a different side of us. And I just want to encourage you to fly your freak flag so that all of us other freaks can find you. So if there's something quirky or makes you special or that people complain about, that is your superpower. That's what you need to shine out into the world, like a Batman spotlight, so the rest of us can find you. And I want to encourage you too, if you don't know where to go to find this connection, you need to get your booty in the mastermind that I'm starting in January because that's going to be an amazing place where we will make a lot of connections with each other. I think that's the beauty of masterminds. Not only the content, not only the one-on-one coaching, not only the special attention, but the magic of connection and meeting with other people, hearing their story, and saying me too. So get in the links in the show notes to get signed up for the mastermind if you want to build that type of connection in your life. Fly your freak flag so all us other freaks can come find you. If there's something you're really super passionate about, find connection over that. And just remember, there's so many more studies coming out and I could ramble on about all of them that are showing that when physicians have true connection, Not evidently with non-physicians, but with their colleagues, it's actually a protective measure against burnout, it increases job satisfaction, and overall life well-being. So get you some friends, people. And hey, maybe I could be one of those friends too. I'd love to hear from you, love to get you in the mastermind, love to hang out with you on Instagram. Come find me at Truth Prescriptions, Truth RxS. All right, how we always close this up, remember... Your life, your calling, your pulse matters. See ya!